This is the Raising Athletes Podcast, Season 1, Episode 22, with retired NFL cornerback Derek Cox. It's all about balance. Hi. This is, I'm, <laughs> Once you know it's for real, you're like, <laughs> Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us <laughs> about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. Our guest today was a Division I athlete who had never really considered playing pro football until a scout came to see him play during his senior year in college and told him he could become a, quote, priority free agent. Derek said he wasn't exactly sure what that was, but he liked the sound of it and thought it was worth a try. Because he wasn't a first-round draft pick, Derek would work tirelessly in hopes of landing a spot in the NFL, which he did. We spoke about the journey he went through to the pros and how now that he's retired and raising his son with his wife, how his ambitions and his dreams have shifted and what he learned along the way, which is helping him with his current dream of finishing his MBA and becoming an agent for players who are just arriving into the league. It's all about balance is a theme for Derek. And while he talks about pursuing excellence with such clarity in everything he does, from how he works out to what he eats, to who he surrounds himself with, He's also very aware that it takes balance to make it all happen. For anyone with a teen athlete who aspires to make the team at the next level, whatever that is, middle school, high school, college, the pros, this one is worth a listen. Hello and welcome. Today on Raising Athletes, we're excited to have Derek Cox on, who's going to enlighten us all about the NFL and being a player and using nutrition as a weapon for peak performance. But before we jump into meeting our guests, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak per performance and sports parenting coach. My passion is helping others align their values with their mission and their mindset to get what they want in life. As a former Division I volleyball athlete and a 14-year Nike executive, I've always loved understanding the power that makes peak performance possible. As a mother of three and someone who is currently in the middle of supporting my oldest son's dream of playing sports in college, Susie and I have created this podcast to help others who are trying to raise not only strong athletes, but more importantly, extraordinary people. Today, Susie Walden, we're right at the holiday season, so Susie can't, isn't available, so I'm doing this solo, but I've been wanting to have Derek on since I started this podcast. In fact, I think you were the number one person I wrote down because I, uh, full disclosure, uh, Derek is a former client of mine and we have worked together and I have just admired him from afar and then had a chance to work with him. And he, you resemble, you 
emulates so much of what I think about when I think about peak performance and why I was so excited to work with you as a client. Um, you went to William and Mary, which is where I attended. And when you and I first met, uh, you were getting ready to graduate and I was working at Nike still. And we connected over the Nike, um, you know, potentially you saying, Oh, that might be something I'm interested in. And then you took a hard right and ended up getting into the NFL, which was so phenomenal. So a welcome and B can we start with talking a little bit about your path to college and playing football? You know, what other sports did you play growing up? And then we'll get into the NFL. Yeah, um, of course. And thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it's an honor to be up here and get to share with you. I've always, I always enjoy our conversations. I always enjoy uh, the feedback you give me. So being up here uh, is a, is a real treat for me because uh, I also believe that I'll gain tremendously from this as well. So uh, let's get it going. I'm ready yeah. to go. Yeah. All right. So, so let's start with, with you growing up as an athlete. How many sports did you play? Was that something your parents encouraged? Was it just something that you loved to do? Tell me about your childhood a little bit. Yeah. So the first organized sport that I played was actually baseball. Um, and I started playing baseball when I was eight years old. So uh, that was actually like the first sport that I fell in love with um, and pursued it, you know, pursued it heavily. I always enjoyed football, though. And for me, uh, I didn't begin playing organized football until I was 10 years old. Um, but, I, you know, just being in the backyard, playing with the guys in the neighborhood, that's kind of how I grew up, you know, just in the neighborhood. It's completely different than it is now. Like back then, you just be on your bike, you ride around, you see some guys. It's like, hey, let's get it going. <laughs> Where so, did you grow up again? Uh, in North Carolina, uh, Green Greenville, North Carolina. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, home of the Tar Heels, or and then uh, home of the home of the Carolina barbecue. Yeah, right. So when you were in the backyard or out in the neighborhood playing, what what were your what was your dream? Would it be a Tar Heel or to play in the NFL or what what did you think about back then? So um so for me, you know, with with starting out with baseball, that was kind of like my vision. You know, I was like I wrote that down in um the fourth grade. I said I wanted to be a major league baseball player. That's what I said in the fourth grade. So um uh Pursuing baseball through shoot, elementary school, middle school, and high school, um, you know, I always enjoyed baseball. And it wasn't until um, I reached the ninth grade uh, did, did football become, like, my vision, uh, my, 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 my focus. Um, and that was because my older brother, um, who is – Travis is three years older than I am um, – he received a scholarship to East Carolina University. And East Carolina University is right there in Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, so this is like our hometown. This is, you know, Greenville is a college town. And East Carolina University, like, brings all the people in the town. Uh, so, you know, you're talking about a, a, a university that's 30,000 students. So when they're on break, you know, the, the city notices. And so he got his scholarship going into his senior year of high school. And I had, I didn't even know what a scholarship was until he received that. Like, you know what I mean? It didn't, it didn't register with me like until 
my brother received a scholarship uh, to East Carolina University, and it was a full ride. And at that point, that's where I said for myself, like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, 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 and that was my goal. Like, my goal wasn't NFL. Um, my goal was I'm, a, I'm going to get me a full ride uh, to college to play football uh, because I enjoy football. And, you know, so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So it was all my brother uh, and, and him receiving his scholarship that gave me a goal to reach for. That's awesome. And so fast forward, you get to be a senior and you're obviously, are you highly recruited or how many options did you have when the time came? Yeah. So, um, you know, I had, I had, I had a good amount of options. Um, I did not have any, uh, division one, a offers. I had all division one, double a offers and the four schools, uh, that I narrowed it down to uh, were Wofford College, Appalachian State, um, uh, Coastal Carolina, and William and Mary. So those four schools, uh, you know, were the, that, that, those schools were the ones that I looked at and uh, took visits. And shoot, you know, William and Mary, William and Mary stuck out to me. So uh, glad I made that decision. Glad I made that decision. Um, and it was a wise decision by me at that time, you know, um, because Appalachian State actually had like a, uh, you know, a stronger program. I think they were, I think they were off at that time. They had like, you know, they had won national championships and everything like that. So they were a stronger program. But I realized like it was, you know, academics would go you know, a, a lot further than any championships in football. So definitely glad I had that wisdom. Um, and that only came from my parents, you know, shoot, that came from my parents. That was a parenting nudge to say, go, go for this. Well, well, see, you know, you know, my parents, they didn't even, they came on all the visits with me, but they left the decision solely up to me. Mm-hmm. And they, they never, they never gave any encouragement or like, Hey, I like this school more than that one. They never did any of that. Um, so when it came time to make the decision, like it was all up to me and I'm, and like, <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know why my parents didn't tell me what to do. Like, you know, but I, <laughs> I guess they just were like, you know, uh, they wanted me to be responsible for that decision. And however it played out down the road, they wanted me to always feel uh, you know, responsible and accountable for it. So that's uh, all great parenting, right? Like they did, they totally, and that's what this next generation parents, are you listening that we tend to feel like we need to help them make the decisions when you intrinsically know, if you're willing to listen to yourself, your inner guidance compass is so strong. You know where your best fit is going to be. And when we allow the child, the 18 year old child mm. to make that decision, because you're absolutely right. That's, the choice that you made that then allowed you to really own it through the good mm-hmm. God and, and be, you know, yeah. to it, right. Yeah. And it's great that you say that too, because I've never thought about it this way. Um, you know, cause what I, I suffered with being homesick when I initially went to William and Mary. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the fact that they let me make that decision uh, I was able to own it. And I was like, you know what? So, so at no point when I was like, you know, cause look, there was some lonely nights where I was hugging that pillow and I was like, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it. So, um, but, but, had they told you, this is what you're doing. 
Yeah. This isn't my choice. I don't yeah. know I want to come home. You're exactly right. And I saw so many guys uh, fold like that. I saw many guys fold like that at William and Mary. And then also guys that I went or that I, that I played with in high school where they just said, uh, you know, they went back home and it's like, man, that was the worst decision that you could make to go back home because most of those guys, you know, you just strip away your momentum that you that you developed and, and built. So I, I appreciate you giving me. Yeah, I, I never thought about it like that. But yeah, I got to call my mom and thank thank her, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> a few years late, but I just want you to <laughs> no, yeah. theme with you. And this is what I love, um, because also, as I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, but four years later, when you're getting ready to leave the college, there isn't like this. Oh, here, Derek, please come this way. The NFL is dying to have you. Right. You weren't hmm. you weren't even invited to a combine. Right. So how did that all come about? Yeah. So, um, so, shoot, going into my training, like, you know, okay, so um, I get done with my senior season. I, 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 you know, I had a good senior year, um, had a few agents pursuing me. Um, so that was encouraging. Uh, but with that, you know, they were all telling me the same thing. Hey, you're projected to be basically like a priority free agent. So for me, I was just like, uh I was happy to hear that. Like, you know, I, oh, I'm not just a projected to be a free agent. I'm a priority free agent. So, like, that was that was big to me. They were like, you're going to be a priority free agent. So, like, that was big to me for some reason. Um, and so going into the process, I was just like, okay, I'm going, you know, I'm, uh, I could be a priority free agent. I'm going to have to, you know, and that's what I, that's just always what my life has been. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go in there. I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to earn the spot. Um, and, and it's going to be a grind. And, but, um, you know, so I so I just approached it that way. I was like, all right, and, and I think that was great for me because I was so focused during my training, like um, whatever the trainer told me to do, like I was dialed in, and 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 that's what I did. And so um, going into to the training, you know, I was focused, and then when it came time for my pro day, only four teams showed up. So uh, to William and Mary's pro day, we had a pro day. Uh, a few of my other teammates joined in, um, and I was able to get some of the guys that I trained with to come in. Uh, but it was only four scouts there, and uh, and when it came time to perform, it was just like um, I was I was zoned in, I was focused, and and just let it loose. Um, it wasn't it was it was no different than playing in a game. You know, it's just kind of like fair and train. Here again is your, so some people would say, hear the feedback, you're a priority free agent and say, I'm not a first round draft pick. I suck. Mm -hmm. Here, wow, I'm a priority free agent. (laughs) My butt off. It's the mindset that you have going into how you accept diversity, uh, you know, an an opportunity and you don't look at it as, a negative, you look at it as a positive. How every single time, which over the course of the what next 10 years that you're in the league, how many years were you in the league? I did seven, seven years. years, which the average NFL athlete lasts three. Yeah, less for than you, three now. Mm-hmm. For you to more than double 
not only being a quote priority free agent or woohoo, I'm a priority free agent. <laughs> and then me being able to say, not only am I only going to last three, I'm going to more than double what the average guy lasts. That's all about mindset and mm. how you have opportunity, which I, which is the next part I'd love to get into. With, we had a great discussion when I was coaching you about how did you last that long? And you told me this wonderful story. I'd love for you to share with the audience about nutrition and what changed your whole view of how you train when you got to Jacksonville. Yeah, so uh, going down to Jacksonville was uh, great for me because the nutrition is there. Um, Anita Richardson, uh, she 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 grabbed a hold of me for some reason. I don't know why. She grabbed a hold of me though, and um, you know I was willing to listen, and so. Uh, what was great for me was, yeah, I took a blood test. It gave me uh, a diagnosis of different foods that, that, um, that I have sensitivities to. And, uh, based off of that, it was just a matter of me taking those foods and removing them from my diet. Um, because I just had no clue that food could actually, <laughs> you know, be hurting me, uh, and it wasn't like, you know, I always ate good. I was, I mean, you know, shoot, my mom, she brought us up the right way. You know, she she would have some greens on the plate, you know, protein, the whole nine. So uh, I never thought that, you know, I was I was eating poorly. And I never was. I was never eating poorly. But there were things that I needed to strip away from my diet. And when I did, I just experienced uh I experienced it in my own body of feeling fresher, uh, having better recovery and for my joints as well. Oh, that was like, that was, that was a selling point. It got, it got rid of the inflammation, right? Is what you're, is what you're yeah. No yeah. injured or sore. Right. And so, yeah, when you, you know, there, there, there are foods that you can eat that you, when your body, when your body's trying to process it or actually see it as uh, almost like a, a foreign substance that needs to be attacked. So instead of, uh, you know, it, it digesting and processing that your body will start to produce white blood cells, which go towards fighting, you know, it's towards immunity, fighting off. Uh, you know, harmful substances. So that's that's what was going on for me. And like, just to just to keep it simple, like for me, you know, my big things were the big culprits were um, dairy. Uh, it was uh, wheat, basically gluten, and mm, probably like a, yeah, dairy and gluten. Those were the big things. Yeah. You have any sugar in your diet? Now, no, I don't have any now um, at all, um, and that was a part of it as well. Eliminated uh, sugars, uh, oh, you know. So hard. <laughs> it, is. it really is. It really is. But like, yeah, after a while, you just kind of get used to it. And you know, people people think when you say eliminate sugars, it's like you can't have anything sweet. Now you can still have stuff sweet. We're just talking about the artificial sugars, the added sugars um and if i have anything that's close to it it's going to be uh you know a sports drink that'll be and that's why i'm you know during performance or after after i get done that'll be the only form of uh you know uh, added sugar that, that you may see but it's needed then so, so again, 
the re the reason this works so well for you is you never looked at it as lack. Oh, I can't have sugar. I can't have gluten. I can't have, you always focused on this is what I need to do in order to perform at the highest level so that I can sustain this career that I want to have. Whereas yeah. most people, when you say, well, no alcohol, no dairy, no, and all we do is focus on we're human, you know, the human condition is to focus on what I don't get to have, <laughs> what I truly desire, right? Yeah. You're yeah. going towards love so much that you don't have time to focus on what you don't get. That's not important to you. Um, yeah, I, I want the audience to hear that. Like, that's why you were able to not only get in the league, but stay there for so long. Because when she sat you down and said, here's the answer, you didn't say, yeah, 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 but that would cost too much. I'd have to give up fun. You said, oh, if that's the answer, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I think, too, um, you know, for most people, it just it just depends on how serious uh, you are about what you're pursuing. Um, and I was with a soccer team uh, on Sunday, and you know I was just giving them the benefits of uh, stretching and flexibility. That's all I was talking with them about. And you know I told them here point blank, I was like, you know, uh, you, you you individually have to decide how important your sport is to you because whatever love you give to your sport it's going to return it back. So if you're respecting your sport by how you approach it and you pro you approach your sport professionally, doing doing all the things necessary to show your sport love, it's going to return back to you. So it's just you have to decide for yourself how important is it. That's a great point. So stretching really comes in that bucket of recovery. So what, what other things do you do to recover? I mean, even now, I know you work out Mm -hmm. you're still training right for the nfl you haven't just like become a couch potato since you <laughs> right so no. what do you do when you were training as an as a professional athlete but even now what are the things that you're focusing on you're performing your best yeah and for me um you know i look at it and i'm like uh, I felt the best as an athlete. And I think for all of us, the fitness level that you, there's an athlete inside of everybody. There's an athlete inside of everybody. And the fitness level that you want to grab hold of is your athletic fitness level. So am I ready? Like if, if a team called me up and they were like, hey, come on, and play right now. Am I ready to go? No, no, not by, not by any means. <laughs> yeah, you you gotta give me some. There's a there's a level of training and like uh you know shoot uh, focus that's required for me to go to that level. But in terms of um you know me having the general preparation and being like okay a, st a few steps away, yeah, I'm right there because uh, you know it's that's what that's what's going to allow you to feel your best is uh, taking care of your body as an athlete would. So it's all about what you're eating. It's all about your hydration. It's about your flexibility. It's about your strength. It's about your cardio level. Having those things in place, that's going to allow you to live that life, if you're an athlete or not, to a, a level that is enjoyable and doesn't have you limited because of how your body feels. Absolutely. So I do all that stuff now. You're, you, you, that's just your way of life, right? Like that's, this is, that's, that's just, yeah, that's just like, you know, um, for me, that's just like how it is. Like people are like, Oh, you don't drink or anything. Like that. I'm like, nah, like, you know, like, like 
I just look at it as like, yeah, like I've always, I've just always like as an athlete, that's how I look at it. I'm like, no, an athlete, you know, there are people that are athletic. This is what I tell dudes. I say, look, there's some people that are athletic and then there are others that are an athlete. You know, if you have, if you're athletic, oh, the dude that's athletic, you know, shoot, he, you know, he'll cut the corners, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll eat whatever, you know, he'll eat whatever, he'll drink whatever, you know, that guy's athletic, but an athlete though, an athlete, his mentality is completely different. An athlete has respect for the sport, you know, there's a discipline about him that makes him an athlete, you know, not just athletic. Even now, as you've transitioned and part of the work we did together was pivoting away from the NFL and you've trying to figure out what was next. What was next? So now you're taking all of that hard work, discipline, showing up every day, it not being sexy, it always, you know, and always not being fun and saying, okay, I'm going to go get my MBA at UCLA, by the way. So not exactly a layback and phone it in environment, right? You're now support, you're now surrounded by the NFL, the top athletes, you know, now in the academic arena, and how have you transitioned, you know, back at, you know, gosh, after 10 years or whatever, eight years out of sitting in behind the desk and needing to learn, what do you, what do you apply now as you're getting your MBA from what you learned as, as a professional athlete? You know, it's, it's, it's really just a matter of the not quit aspect of, Hey, yeah, we, we all hear it. You know, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to get knocked down. That's just a part of the game. You you are going to get knocked down. But it's just keep moving forward, though. Like, you're not going to be able to see, um, you know, how it's all going to play out. Like, at William & Mary, there were times, you know, if, if you had, like, if you had asked me year two, year three of William & Mary, am I going to the pros? I'd have been like, man, you know, it was, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about it. But like, if you just keep going forward, trust the process. Yeah, you're going to get knocked down. But trust the process and, and keep continuing to move forward. And things tend to work out. And I, and I, and you know, I gained that wisdom from like, you know, you talk to older people. I get to hang around some older, older guys. I never hesitate to hang around older people because they, they, they have something for you, you know? So I was with an older man, you know, 76 uh, this past weekend. And um, he, he was my old neighbor. And so, you know, he was just sharing with me, you know, he was just like the same thing, pretty much just be patient. Like, you know, just, just being patient and, uh, continuing to go forward, you know, that's, that's going to pay off for you because it's not, you know, it's not like a do or die. Like, you know, if I don't have it now, I can't, I can't get it later. Just be patient. I love the metaphor. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but, um, of bamboo, when you plant bamboo in the ground, you know how long it takes for it to start growing up through the, through the soil? No. Five years. No, you plant the seed and then you wait and you water and you wait and you wait for five years but then once it grows up through the ground some types of bamboo can grow three feet a day oh yeah right so that i love that analogy because we have this expectation that i'm going to plant a seed and then, boom, it's all going to come and it's going to happen immediately. And I planted it yesterday. And so I should get something by tomorrow. But 
when you delay gratification, as this wise gentleman told you and said, hey, you're planting seeds right now that may take five, seven mm. years for the, you know, the products, the results, the harvest to mm. come. But when you think, wow, would that be worth it if I'm going to get such amazing results? And parents, that's what we're doing with our kids, right? We have this expectation that, oh, my kid's not getting recruited right away. He must not be good. I guess it's not for him. But as I say to my 18-year-old right now, like the player you are today is not the player you'll be 12 or 18 months or 24 months from now. You're 18. You're not even fully through puberty. Like everything is still growing. It's still, you've just planted the seed. You're just getting going. Mm. And if you're willing to delay gratification and say, okay, maybe I'm not at the peak of my game yet. In fact, I would argue you're just, you know, hitting the runway. Yeah. The, the opportunity for you to reap the benefits of it, which that's why I love parents having Derek on because you're such, you, you really, and I'm guessing it's par- partially amazing parenting you received, but it's also this tool that you've, uh, you've used so successfully throughout your life because your walk through the NFL wasn't exactly a cakewalk either, right? You went to five different teams, mm-hmm. six different teams, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. That's a lot of, in what most people's mind, rejection, failure, mm-hmm. right? But you never, I'm guessing, you know, can you talk a little bit about what happened when you got released? I can't imagine that's a great feeling. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a great feeling, um, you know, just because – uh, even even psychologically, like they've even studied that when when rejection, the same areas of your brain fire uh, as the same as the, as the same areas as when someone physically causes you pain when they physically hit you to cause you pain. So to get rejected, you know, it's it feels that same way. Like it's like somebody you know physically inflicted pain upon me. So. Um, you know, overcoming that is, is definitely, is difficult, you know, and I wrestle, I wrestle with that, uh, for a long time, you know, just trying to, um, really grab hold of that. But, um, you know, I look at it and what did help me process it better was to realize that it makes the journey more interesting, you know, like nobody wants to watch the movie of the man that had, (laughs) you know success after success after yeah you know yeah the, the ups and downs are what make the journey right and if we had yeah, no that, low that, points, then the high points wouldn't we wouldn't value those either right exactly so I, you know once i started processing it that way it was like you know you know this makes my story that much more interesting um that's when you know i was able to move forward so just yeah, embrace those aspects of your journey because you'll be able to tell the story someday and um somebody will connect with your story and you know they'll be like, Oh man, the people are actually envy, like people are envy. Sometimes people are envy your like, you know, your failures and they'll be like, Wow, man, like still, you know, that's so cool. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and that's how I started to look at mine, was like, yeah, the stuff that I went through, like there are plenty of people that they would love they would love to like, you know, go through that. So yeah, it it changed my whole perspective. Yeah. And that's what you have. If this story is true, I think I read it in the San Diego Tribune that right after you were released, you were down in the San Diego jail giving back, right. And supporting. That's crazy that they, they, they had that in the paper. 
Yeah, I read that. Is that true? That's, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, and I don't put that stuff on. You know, we don't. We don't broadcast. I don't even know how they got that information. To be honest with you, because um, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I have no clue how they got that. But, um, but yeah, like, and I, I, about who you are. A lot of people would be rejected and curl up in a ball. And here, your life is on in the mm-hmm. or saying, "Look at him. He didn't make it here." And your first instinct is to go help others. That's so powerful. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I still, I still work with, um, with the chargers through that same organization. So the chargers outreach ministry, I still work with them today. We still go, we still go, uh, to the juvenile hall, uh, here, multiple ones, multiple juvenile halls here in San Diego now. So, um, uh, you know, shoot, that's crazy that they that they had that information out there. But um, yeah, you know, for me it was just like, <laughs> you know, and even this time of year, like you know, where it's all about realizing what you're thankful for. Um, there's no, there's really no time. Like, there's no time for you to sit around and mope about different things that occur. You know, in life, obviously there are more things. You know, there's there's serious things that go on in life. Um, but I think we all just want to have a perspective. We all just, we all looking for peace at the end of the day. We're looking for peace and, and to be at peace. So uh, for me being at peace and what helps me be at peace is realizing the things that I can be thankful for at all, at all times, because, you know, we can all get fixated on negative things, but there's plenty that we can find gratitude for. So, so, so someone I know you're incredibly thankful for, not only your wife, obviously, but also your four-year-old son. What do you, what, you know, he's at the beginning of his journey, but what, what do you hope for him as far as, are sports a big thing for you that he pursues? Or how do you, how do you, how do you believe you're going to parent him through his journey? Yes, he, he, he. He's gonna have to do something in sports. <laughs> he will have to do something in sports. Now, I'm not saying that he's gonna have to be, uh, you know, an All American um, at what he's doing, but just for the foundation, uh, you know. And, I, and I, I wish he could play football, but mom's not gonna let him play football. So, um, and I'm cool with that. I'm kind of like, hey, you know, uh, it's, it is a dangerous sport, but. Um, you know, if, 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 if he can get it from something else, which I believe he can, if he can get it from another sport, then, then so be it. I just love football because it's it's uh, it's so physically demanding. And, um, you know, sometimes like the test of courage that it requires out of you and requiring you to be brave, you know, a lot of sports is hard for them to bring that out of you, you know, especially when it's like mono mono and let's see what, you know, let's see what someone is made of, but, uh, he'll be able to get it in other ways. And so I'm, I'm I, you know, for me right now, I just work on his mindset, you know, and his balance. Cause I, I have him in gymnastics. So that's kind of for him right now. It's all about mindset and, uh, you know, his 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 physical uh, a physical foundation which which is based off of him having balance. Oh, good! He gets that right now. What a great platform for him to grow from, right? Oh yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and he loves to run. So like, I, I don't have to do too much on the physical side. Like, all I need to do is kind of uh, 
I need to present the opportunity for him and then step out of the way. Um, you know, because because he 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 loves to run and he has a natural a natural runner's gait. So I don't have to do much with him. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I, you know, I, I just uh, you know I do a little stuff with him at home. Like um, you know, I make him I'll make him lift his weight and my weight. So I'll make him uh, you know I'll make him actually leg. He'll have to leg press me. Like I'll make him do leg presses with my body weight on them and I work his hamstrings out you know I work the groin I work I work the I work the quads so I, I'm I'm getting a lower body I'm getting a lower body solid for him. We're gonna we're gonna have strong legs. <laughs> That's awesome. This has been so much fun. We're out of time but I we always end with this one last question. What what would you say if I ask you how would you finish this sentence? The best athletes I know do this. Oh, easy. They pray. The best athletes pray. Wherever I've been, on all the teams, professionally, in college, like, that's that's what it's always been. Before the games, um, shoot, after games, like, yeah, that's what I've always seen out of the best athletes. Uh, so I think they realize that uh, their gifts – come from above and when they use their gifts to to glorify God uh you know they bring they bring they bring honor to the Lord and and in store you know they receive favor so I think these guys you know I've always seen that and it's just been like huh. awesome to see Derek, thank you so much for being on today. This was uh, so enlightening. I can't wait to listen to you again. I learned so much just talking to you every single time. So, um, and parents, if you enjoyed this and know another sports parent who's trying to get better at supporting their team athlete, um, we would be so honored if you go onto iTunes and rate and share this podcast. Our goal is to support parents in not only raising strong athletes, but more importantly, extraordinary people who are trying new things, failing forward, getting up and doing it all over again. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Derek. Thank you, Kirsten. I had a great time. Look forward to doing this sometime in the future. Again. <laughs>